Thank you for subscribing to the Parkway Fellowship Podcast. Parkway Fellowship, commonly referred to as The Park, is a purpose-driven church in Katy, Texas, recognized for its innovation and rapid growth. Designed for the person who might not be used to attending church, The Park, one of the only purpose-driven churches in the area, has quickly become one of the most popular West Houston churches for people new to their faith, to church, or to living in the Katy area. It is our prayer that God changes your life through this message from Senior Pastor Mike McGowan. Good morning. My name is Mike McGowan. I'm the pastor here at Parkway Fellowship, and I want to welcome you to church today, and I really want to welcome you to round six of our message series, Our Family Fights, and today we're going to look at priorities. And so go ahead and pull out your message notes. Let's get right into it. I want you to look at this very first verse with me this morning. It's in Matthew chapter 6, verse 33. This is Jesus talking, and he says this. He says, but seek first his kingdom, that's God's kingdom, but seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. I think this is the very best verse in the entire Bible when it comes to talking about priorities. It basically says, if I put God first, his kingdom first, Seeking to live a righteous life for him. If I put that first, he says, then all other things will be given to me as well. Now, the context of this passage, if you were to go back and read it, he's talking about, uh, when he talks about all these things, he's talking about the essential things. He's talking about food, clothing, and shelter, okay? So, I don't think that this verse is a verse that talks about, you know, how to get rich, okay? I don't think that's what this verse is getting at. But I do think that Jesus is saying this. He's saying, if you put God first, he'll take care of the rest. If you put God first, he'll take care of the rest. And this verse has transformed my approach to preaching. Because the worst thing that I could do would be to get up here on a Sunday and just preach basically in my own strength. You know, when I get up here... I, I don't want to preach my words. I want to preach what God says he wants me to say the way he wants me to say it. I mean, that's my goal. That's what I'm trying to do every single week when I get up here. And, and honestly, that's hard to do. Because on top of just trying to you know, get all that from the Lord, by the time this Sunday is over, there's another Sunday seven days away. I, I mean... It's like it comes every week. It feels like it's never going to stop. I mean, that's what it's like. But, but because of this verse, you know what I've done? I've made a personal commitment that I'm not going to work on a sermon and I'm not going to deliver a sermon until I've had my daily time alone with God. I'm just seriously, I'm never going to work on it. I'm not going to do anything about it. Uh, uh, preach on anything until I've had my daily time alone, alone with God. Because if I put God first, then he'll take care of the rest. Now look, I put my work in to prepare and to get ready. Okay, I mean, I make sure that I do that. But ultimately, he's the one that puts his power and his presence behind the message. Just like God is saying, hey Mike, look, you just seek me first, and I'll take care of the rest. 
you know? And I can't control God putting his presence and his power behind the message. I can't control that. And so I have to depend on him and rely on him to do that. And honestly, I think that's why God changes lives here at Parkway Fellowship so much. I think it's because when he puts his presence and his power behind the messages, that changes lives. You know, it, it's not because the preaching is great. It's because the power behind the preaching is great. And that all comes from him. Because bottom line, if I seek him first, he takes care of the rest. And that very same principle is true for our approach to families, to our family life. Think about this. We all know what it's like to fight with our family, don't we? I mean, we all know what that's like. You know, we have a fight between husband and wife or fight between, you know, kids and parents. We all know what it's like to fight with our family. And have you ever been in one of those fights with your family? And, you know, after the smoke clears, you think, how in the world did that just happen? You know, how did something so small escalate to something so big? We've all been there, right? And have you ever, like, in the middle of a family fight, like, tried to lighten the moment by going Joe Biden? You know, (laughs) yeah, yeah. that only makes it worse, by the way, for us and for Joe. It only makes it worse. And and have you ever, like, in the middle of a fight, you know, said something, and you're like, as soon as you say, you're like, oh, I wish I could take that back. Yeah, I mean, we've all done that kind of thing. You know, and, and sometimes when we fight with our family, I mean, we don't know how we got there. We have no idea what to do to fix it. And we have no idea how to prevent it from ever happening again. And so let me just, let me just pose this thought. Could part of the reason why we fight with our family is because we haven't made the time to seek God first in our own personal lives. Because the Bible says that if we would seek God first, basically he'll take care of the rest. Could part of the problem be that instead of seeking God first, I become distracted by so many different things in life and my focus has just gotten off just a little bit For just a while. And I wonder how our families would change. If we took God's offer seriously. To seek him first. And his righteousness. Then all these things. Would be added to us as well. Because look. I mean here's the thing. I've noticed in my my preaching. When I keep my part of the commitment. God keeps his. And I wonder if in our families, if we would keep our part of the commitment to seek him first, then he would keep his. And think about how that would transform our families. Think about how that would transform you as a parent. Think about how that would transform you as a grandparent. Think about how that would transform your marriage. Think about how it would really transform every part of your life, every part of your family life. 
What would happen if we made God our number one priority? Well, in the passage we're going to look at today, Jesus has three different encounters with three different guys all in a row. It's like, you know, bam, 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 bam. And it's in what Jesus says to each one of these three guys that we discover what it takes to make God the number one priority in our lives. We discover what it takes to seek him first. So, let's go ahead and look at it and ask this question. How do I fight to make God my number one priority? Well, here's the first thing that he says that we ought to do. He says, I need to make sure that my general commitments lead to specific actions. I need to make sure that my general commitments lead to specific actions. In Luke chapter 9, beginning in verse 57, we find the first of these three encounters. Verses 57 and 58 say this. It says, as they were walking along the road, a man said to him, that's to Jesus. He says, I will follow you wherever you go. Circle the word wherever. That's the key verse, the key word in this verse. I will follow you wherever you go. Jesus replied, Foxes have holes and birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man has no place to lay his head. Now, notice what guy number one says. He tells Jesus, I'll follow you wherever. Jesus, I'll follow you wherever you want to go. I'll follow you wherever. No, makes no difference to me. Now, Jesus can tell that this guy has no idea what he's committing to. So Jesus turns to him and basically says to him, he says, in effect, well, I'm homeless. You ready for that? And this guy clearly was not ready for that because he wasn't willing to do anything specific. And I know for many of us, we tend to offer God very general, you know, wherever type commitments. Lord, I'll go wherever you want me to go. Lord, I'll do whatever you want me to do. Lord, I'll give you everything. And probably one of the things I hear the most is, Lord, I'm going to make you number one in my life. I mean, I hear people say something like that all the time. And look, making those types of like big general commitments are good. But if they don't follow with specific actions then those general commitments are meaningless because nothing ever changes. We don't really follow through and do anything. And that's the point of this verse. I mean, it's like if I tell my wife, hey, honey, I'm committed to showing you that I love you, but I never buy her flowers, I never give her a birthday card, and I always forget our anniversary. Then my general commitment to show her that I love her is totally meaningless. Not to mention that I'll be bunky with my son Ben in his room. But other than that, it was totally meaningless. All right? And, and, that's, and that's what we're going to So look, if you just make a general commitment to God, you know, to make him your number one priority, and, but it never follows through with any kind of specific action, then it's just a general commitment. And, and, it, and it's really, it's, it's totally meaningless. And often, we don't get specific with God because the truth is, I mean, we get really distracted. I know we get distracted with our new electronic toys. You know, we're on that phone all the time, baby. 
you know? Or, you know, maybe we're, we're distracted, you know, by our hobbies, and we just can't wait to get out of the house. Or maybe we're distracted with, you know, main, doing what it takes to maintain our lifestyle. You know, when we do all of these things, when we, do all, when we get distracted with all these things, you know what we tend to do with God? We tend to take God, and this is a Bible, and we just put him right there amidst all of the other activities. And so God basically just becomes another activity in a whole line of other things that we just do. And we try to strike a balance. And it sounds good. We try to strike a balance of God and all of these other things in our lives. When God says, balance? I don't want to be a balance. I want to be number one. I want to be number one in your life. But in order for that to happen, when you make a general commitment, God, I'm going to give you everything, it has to lead to a specific action or it's meaningless. And when it leads to specific actions, that's when we begin to make God number one priority. Like, let's just say, for instance, that I make a general commitment to become wise. Lord, I want to become wise. But that general commitment has to drill down to a specific action of perhaps I'm going to make a commitment to read one chapter out of the book of Proverbs every single day so that I can become wise. Maybe my general commitment is, God, I want to start, I want to become generous. That's my general commitment. But my specific action has to be, okay, Lord, if I'm going to be generous, then I'm going to give to you every week. And I'm going to give to you the full 10% of my income that you asked me to give in the Bible. And when I do that, that's when I really start to become generous. I'll get these things to work in a minute. That's when I really start to become, or maybe my big commitment is to start being more thoughtful. Lord, I just need to be more thoughtful. And so you know what? One of the ways I'm going to do that is I'm going to start doing some thoughtful things for my spouse. And whatever that would be, I'm going to go do that. I'm going to buy her flowers. I'm going to make him a special meal. Or I'm going to plan a special weekend away. Or I'm going to do whatever. But I'm going to do something. Not just make a general commitment, but that general commitment's got to be something. It's got to do something. Otherwise, it's totally meaningless. I mean, you see where we're going with this? And when you begin to do that, then that's when we say, okay, God, I'm doing these general things, and so I'm making you that top priority. Now, look, this is why next steps that we take in this room are so incredibly important. Next steps at the end of every message, they are specific things that we can go and do. And because if we just make general nebulous commitments to God, it's meaningless unless it's followed up with some specific actions. That's why those next steps are such a big deal. That's why those next steps are so incredibly important. And yes, I know that you can go ahead and you can, you don't have to indicate a next step to, you know, be committed to God. I, like, I know that. I know that you can just make your silent commitment to God. But listen, why would you? Why wouldn't you want to go ahead and indicate that next step to help seal that commitment for you? Why wouldn't you? Want to make your specific action of commitment to God 
known. It makes you more accountable, and that only helps you. And think about, think about your family for just a second. Think about how making specific changes would help you and your family. Not just a general commitment, but specific commitments. So let me ask this. Would you be willing, from this day forward, to take your general commitments and force them down into some specific actions? Would you be willing to take, because I know we, we all intend, I get that, I do too, but if they don't drill down to specific actions, they become meaningless. Would you be willing to take your general commitments and drill them down into some specific actions? Would you make a commitment to actually not just indicate a next step, but to actually take that next step? Would you do that? Now, Jesus does have an encounter with the second guy. And from this second guy, we learn the second way that we can make God our top priority, and that's this. I need to make my priority changes now, not later. I need to make my priority changes now, not later. Look at this encounter. He said to another man, this is Jesus talking, Jesus said to another man, follow me. But the man replied, Lord, first let me go and bury my father. I want you to circle, watch, watch this, I want you to circle, Lord, first let me go and, circle that, Lord, first let me go and, that's what I want you to circle. And he says, and bury my father. Verse 60, Jesus said to him, let the dead bury their own dead, but you go and proclaim the kingdom of God. Now, we looked at this verse earlier this summer, but I want to go a little bit deeper with it this morning. See, this second guy tells Jesus that he's planning on following him, but, you know, the the timing's just not good. Because, hey, he's got some other obligations to take care of first. Now, if you look carefully in this passage, nowhere in this passage does it say that this guy's father has actually already passed away. In fact, most scholars believe that his father hadn't passed away, but he was really probably just terminally ill, and he was going to pass away sometime in the next several weeks, maybe in the next several months. But, you know, regardless of what's really going on at home, the guy basically tells Jesus, hey, look, the time is not good for me to make these types of changes in my life. You know? I mean, I'll do it eventually, but now is not the time. I'll follow you, but it's going to have to be later. Not now. That's what he's saying. How often do you and I put off commitments? How often do we put off commitments? How often do we say the very same thing that we circled? Look at it. How often do we say, Lord, first let me go and, and whatever that is. How often do we say that very thing? You know, and so we treat God like we treat starting a diet, you know? We're like, oh, well, yeah, it's going to have to be after this weekend, you know. Well, and my birthday, well, it's it's going to have to be after my birthday because my birthday's coming up next week. Well, okay, and then we've got Thanksgiving, so it's certainly going to be after Thanksgiving. We'll start that. Well, then there's holiday, Christmas. Okay, it's going to be after Christmas. I know that. What? I'm sorry. New Year's. I meant after New Year's. You know, but then there's all those playoff parties, and you know, and I can't, I can't control what gets served there. So it's going to have to be after, well, all right, Super Bowl, right. After the Super Bowl, I'm going to start. 
well, hold on, but one week after that, then, then it's Valentine's Day, and there's no way. So, all right, it's going to be right after Valentine's Day, and so then I'm going to really, all right, spring break, uh, spring break. It'll be right after spring, sorry, I meant Easter, because Easter's right after spring break, and because, you know, chocolate bunnies, and you can't, and candy, I just got to, you know, it'll be, a, okay, Mother's Day. It'll be right after Mother's Day because our family, we always do a big spread of Mother's Day. So yes, that's right. May 13th, 2013, that's as soon as I can start. How often do we do that kind of thing? So look, no matter the reason, there's always a good reason to start following God and making him the top priority later. There's always a good reason to start later. The problem is, Later never really comes, does it? It never really comes. You know, we fully intend to follow God, but we say, but Lord, first let me go and, you know, maybe it's a distraction. Lord, we're going to get back in church just as soon as football season is over. I mean, we're we're going to be super consistent about coming as soon as football season is over. You know, or Lord, we're going to, as soon as I finish that big project at work, I mean, as soon as that's over, man, I'm telling you, we're going to be there. Or you know what, Lord? As soon as we pay off all these credit card bills, man, I'm telling you, God, we're going to get serious about giving to you. That's, that's what we're going to do. We'll do it. Or you know what, Lord? As soon as this baby starts sleeping through the night, man, I'm telling you, you can count us. We'll be there. But later never comes. It's always, Lord, first let me go and you know, my pastor growing up as a kid, he used to say this. He said, you know, if you're looking for an excuse, the devil will give you one every time. And you know, I mean, he was right. He was right. And so God says to us, he says, hey, look, if you want to be, me to be number one in your life, when you make a commitment, you have to start now. You got to start now, you know. Maybe you decide that you're going to make a commitment to be kind. So you're going to make a commitment to start talking kindly to your kids no matter what and you know they know how to push your buttons don't they but instead of just flying off the handle it starts today i'm gonna start being kind today you know or maybe your commitment is to have more integrity in your life maybe it's to have more integrity you know when you get a room this size there are people in this room that have an inappropriate relationship with someone on Facebook. Did you know that divorce lawyers now say that one in four affairs start on Facebook with people reconnecting with old boyfriends or old girlfriends or old acquaintances? One in four. Would you make a commitment now to end that Facebook relationship? Look, you can either defriend or you can divorce. It is your choice. But that is the road you are on. When you get in a room this size, there are people in this room that are addicted to internet pornography. Would you make a commitment now to put some sort of blocking program on your computer, on your iPad, on your iPhone, or whatever device? Would you make a commitment to that so you can make an a change for integrity now. And think about, think about how that 
how exciting your life would become. If when God said make a change, man, you just did it before you had a chance to talk yourself out of it. Can you think of how exciting life would become? Woo! Man, I'm telling you, it would be thrilling to live that type of life week in and week out. God says change, man, I'm just going to do it. I'm not going to talk myself. I'm not going to rash. I'm going to justify. I'm not going to wait for an excuse. I'm just going to do it. God, full out with you because you're my number one. Think about how it transformed your family. I mean, when you, may, if you knew of a change you need to make and you just started it right then, how much better of a parent would you be from the start? How much better of a spouse would you become? How would that transform your family life if you made the change now? It'd be awesome. And whenever you make a change now, it takes you closer to Christ and farther away from guy number two. But Jesus does have a third encounter with guy number three. And the lesson we learn from there is commit to go all in, not look back. Commit to go all in, not look back. Look what he says, verse 61. Still another said, and you'd think like third guy. You think, seriously, quit offering excuses, man. This is not going well, all right? But, you know, here it is. He says, I'll follow you, Lord, but first let me go back and say goodbye to my family. Jesus replied, no one who puts his hand to the plow and looks back is fit for service in the kingdom of God. In Jesus' response, would you circle the two words, looks back? He says, no one who puts his hand to the plow and looks back. Now, at first, it seems like this third guy's situation is very similar to guy number two because basically he says, okay, well, Lord, first let me go in. But, but Jesus, man, he just sees right to the heart of the matter. He sees the real problem. The, this guy's real issue was that he wasn't willing to go all in for God. He was going to be holding back. Because basically, if he made a commitment to follow Jesus, all the time he'd be following Jesus, he'd be looking back. And what he left behind. He'd be thinking about, man, I wish I was home. I wish I was back there with my family. Because basically, he was willing to follow Jesus wherever, but he wasn't willing to leave his home behind. And so he wasn't willing to go all in. And Jesus calls him on it. So let me ask you a straightforward question. For those of you in the room who are Christ followers, be honest with yourself. Are there times when you look back at some of the things you've left behind to follow Christ and you think, you know, sure it would be nice to play a lot more golf on Sundays instead of being at church. Or, you know, think how much money, more money we'd have in the bank if we weren't giving to God to help people who really were in need. Look, God doesn't want you to spend all your time looking back. Instead, we ought to look forward at what we gain from making God the number one priority in our lives. Look, the biggest thing that we gain, I'm telling you, biggest thing we gain is heaven, <laughs> right? I mean, have you, sat, have you, have you spent enough to, as much time Thinking about heaven as you do thinking about where you want to be sometimes. You think about heaven that much. You think about how great it's going to be when we get there. There's not going to be any more pain. There's going to be no more suffering. There's no more stress. There's no more anything. It's just going to be fabulous. 
And the only way we get to heaven is by asking Jesus Christ to come into our lives to forgive us of everything we've ever done and pledge to follow from this day forward. Look, there's only one way to get to heaven. And it's not by being good. It's by asking Christ to come in your life to forgive you for everything you did that wasn't good. That's how you get to heaven. But better than that, Think about all the reward you get. Because the Bible's clear. When you get to heaven, you will get rewarded for the things you did for God here on this earth. And if you make God your number one priority and you live for him, I'm telling you, there'll be a jackpot waiting for you there that is way better than anything the world has to offer us here. That would be our reward. Let me leave you this morning with just these Bible verses. Let me close it up. Let me just wrap up this whole thing this morning by just reading these verses. And I'm going to let them speak for themselves. Hebrews 3.15. Today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts. 2 Chronicles 16.9. For the eyes of the Lord range throughout the earth to strengthen those whose hearts are fully committed to him. Matthew 6.33 But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will be given to you as well. Pull out your connection card. Hold it right next to your message notes. On the card and on the notes, I want you to check the next step or steps you're willing to commit to today. And hopefully it's this first next step. And check it both places. You're going to keep the notes. You remember what you committed to, but you're going to turn the card in. We're going to pray for you. Everybody that turns in the card, we, we will pray for you this week by name. So turn this thing in. Number one, when I make commitments to God, they will be specific and not general. And I really mean not just general. It means you're going to drill them down until they become specific. This is something I'm going to go and do. Would you take that next step? How about the second one? I commit to take a next step on a connection card from this point forward and not just make a silent commitment. Now, to make that commitment, you have to check it on the card. You can't silently commit to do that, can you? No Make a, commit, make a commitment to use this connection card to help seal your commitment to God every week. Every week. Even, take one, at least one next step every week. Change your life little by little every week. And God will quickly become your number one priority. Number three. I will make the changes God wants me to make now, not later. This will be my, this will be my approach from this day forward. I'm not saying you're always going to be perfect at it. But you say, you know what, this is my approach. That's what I'm going to do. Whenever God tells me to do something, bam, I'm going to do it. Next, I will go all in with my commitment to follow Christ and focus on what I gain and not on what I've given up. And would that be you? Would that be you? Next, I want to become a Christ follower today for the first time in my life. If you realize that you've never asked Jesus Christ to come into your life, there's a simple prayer at the bottom of your message notes. Maybe you think about making this a commitment for a while now. Would you take a moment and pray that prayer right now? That, the only way to get to heaven is by asking Jesus Christ to come into your life to forgive you 
and then pledge to follow him. If you've never done that, pray that prayer right now and then check it on the card because I'm gonna mail you some free information. I also want you to pick up a new believer packet on your way out. It's on a little table just before you walk outside of each of these doors. Just grab one. But this last one. I'll memorize Matthew 6, In my opinion, the best verse in the Bible when it comes to thinking about priorities. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will be given to you as well. Awesome verse. Let me pray for you as Pat and the worship team come back up. Father, I thank you for your power and your authority, for your word. I thank you, God, that Lord, it's, 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 it's not the preaching that changes lives. It's you behind the preaching. And so I'm asking you that you would take this message this morning. You would bring conviction and change in people's hearts. Change in their lives. God, that when we make commitments to you, that they would be specific that we would do it now, and then we go all in. We wouldn't hold back. And that you would bring your blessing and your favor and your power and your presence and your change in our lives, in our families, in our kids, in our grandkids, in our marriages. I'd ask you to do all of this for your glory. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Thank you for taking the time to listen to this message. Our prayer is that God has given you at least one next step to take today in your walk with Christ. For more information about Parkway Fellowship or to contact us, visit www.parkwayfellowship.com. To talk with a pastor about becoming a Christ follower for the first time, you can call our offices at 832-222-9282. 